Good morning. Good morning. Happy May 1st. Well, if you read John chapter 21 today, folks, Easter's over. Okay? As a matter of fact, if you go home and you look in your refrigerator and there is ham and potato salad still in there, you might want to throw that out. I mean, it's May 1st. How many of us have gotten graduation announcements in the mail? Wedding invitations. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mother's Day next week. Okay, guys, I'm warning you now. You know, you don't want to be in Walgreens on Saturday. Yeah, life is moving on. The Cardinals are playing. Life is falling back into its rhythms. And the disciples this morning, it's amazing how, and Thomas is with them after Thomas has this big moment last week. Thomas is with them and the disciples go, well, now what? Jesus is gone. And what do they do? They go back to which they know. Fishing. They go back to fishing. I mean, we know what this feels like. Don't, how do you feel the day after Christmas? Kind of, eh. You know, and you, you go to Walgreens and they're putting up the Valentine's decorations already. And, or it's like after a big family wedding. All that preparation and everything going on. Then it happens and everybody just kind of feels let down. Or stand by the grave of a loved one or friend and then go home and be alone and feel that emptiness. That's where the disciples were, John 21. Kind of when you're running on fumes, when it doesn't feel, what's that old saying that Elvis has left the building? Well, maybe Jesus went with them. Now, John 21 is for all of us who have ever said, boy, did I learn that lesson. I am never going to do that again. Boy, I, I learned not to do that. How long does it take? A day? A week? Maybe a month? Before we get back into that same routine. We're around those same people and we find ourselves doing the same things. Let's rehearse that Easter message again this morning. Because God says what? In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, not just with Peter, but I'm going to pick you up. And I'm going to dust you off and I'm continually going to send you out into this world as my child. Because I love you and I care about you. Isn't it amazing? Three weeks ago, we screamed, Christ is risen, he's risen indeed. And how quickly we fall back into the rhythms of life. 
had a strange experience. A couple weeks ago, a member of the congregation called me up. And I answered the phone, and this lady says, Pastor Al, I'm going to save you. And I thought, uh-oh. I thought, you know, I think that's Jesus' job, but I wanted to see where this was going. And she says, I'm going through all the call lists in my telephone, and I'm going to save your telephone number in case I ever need it. How many of us have those kind of relationships with God? Where maybe it's just a kind of thing we think of once in a while, or maybe we plug it in, but we're not really conscious. I had an interesting experience. I, um, I spent Easter out in Salt Lake City with my sister and brother-in-law and her family. And the Wednesday after Easter, I'm flying back to St. Louis, and we land at airport, at Lambert Airport, and what do 130 people do? They get out their cell phones. They get out their cell phones to immediately see, has anybody missed me? Do I have any messages? Do I need to call anybody? How many of us have that close of a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do we? Where we so immediately at an experience or something happens that we want to talk to Jesus, that we want to know what our Lord and Savior thinks about what's going on in our lives. Met a man two weeks ago and he says to me, Pastor, I have failed at my marriage, my job, being a father. I have failed at everything. Maybe think of Peter today. Peter. He couldn't say the right thing, couldn't do the right thing, never was at the right place, never came up with the correct action. This was Peter. And what, are they, what nickname do they give him? They call him the rock. The rock. And what happens when you throw a rock in a lake? It sinks to the bottom and it serves no purpose. And yet, Peter, the night that Jesus is instituting Holy Communion and he's washing the disciples' feet, who is it that says, No, no, you can't do that to me, I have to do that to you? Peter. We know his crowning achievement, don't we? That before the cock crows three times, you're going you're gonna to deny me. You're going to, do you know that man? No, never heard of him, never saw him. Don't know who he, who he is. I called this sermon the dusting off of Peter because if God can reconcile Peter Man, there is good chance for you and me. And I want you to notice this. I can't tell you how many times I do hospital calls and visits on people, and I'll say something to them like, you know God loves you, and he cares about you. And you know what the response is? 
They say back to me, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Well, there's no question about Why is it in last week's gospel lesson that Thomas can doubt, that we can doubt, that we can be angry, that we can be afraid? It's because God's love in Jesus Christ will not give up on us. Does Jesus tell Peter to repent? Does he tell him to get down on his knees because he's a poor, miserable sinner? Does he tell him how bad he is? Jesus says, Peter, I love you. I care about you, Peter. You're my... I'm talking this over with a bunch of the shut-ins. And one of them says, yeah, like, God's going to say to me, do you love me? That's like your... This person says, that's like your high school girlfriend asking, am I pretty? You know, you're not going to win that one. Or, I'll tell you what the other guy said. He said, my wife bought a new pair of pants and comes out and says, do I look fat in these? How are you going to answer that? Jesus says, do you love me? And he sees Peter's heart. And you can see it right there in John 21. He picks Peter up and he says, this doesn't matter. This is all forgiven. You're my person. You're my child. And you're the person I need in this world. Well, here John chapter 21. Because Jesus Christ is going to come and build that same meal on the shores of your life. And he's not going to just say, do you love me? I don't know how we're going to answer that. But he's going to say, I love you. I care about you. I forgive you. And I will never, ever forget you nor let go of you. Here's the key, okay? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that Jesus loves you? that much. And here's the whole thing that makes it work. We can't answer with words. Oh, we could bumble some stuff out. But we answer with the way we live our lives. And let me give you some examples, okay? Some of you don't smile very much in church, and I've been meaning to mention that. You don't smile. Don't put your heads down. Yeah, practice smiling at each other. Practice caring about each other. You know, a marvelous thing, I just love watching how this happens in church when people pass each other and they don't know their name. Okay, oh, geez, interesting bulletin today. If you don't know Doug's name, Steve's name, stop and ask him. Tell him, my name is Alan. What's your name? It's real simple. Or try this. Whatever happened to the 100 most needy cases from last Christmas? 
I mean, all those tear-jerker stories that they had in the newspaper about people being in need. What do you think they're doing here on May 1? What about all those people that we brought food to and all those foster kids that we bought cards for? How do you think they're surviving today? Here's a real good one for you. Go home and sing Christmas carols in June. And remember again why Jesus was born for you. Or try praying on your knees. That's kind of humbling experience. Or wake up in the morning and go outside and thank God for the day. For a beautiful day like we have today. So Jesus sees the guys out there fishing. You ever noticed in the Gospels what bad fishermen Jesus picked? Man, these guys can't catch anything. And he says, throw the nets on the other side of the boat. Ask yourself, what would happen if you threw the nets on the other side of your boat? If you threw it on the side of anger or hate or bigotry, or your drinking issues, or whatever's going on in your life, and you threw those nets on the other side and said, Jesus, Jesus, I love you. Fill the nets. It's like the wedding at the Cana in Galilee. All of a sudden, they're out of wine. How often do we come in church and we're out of it? We're out of life. We're out of options. We don't know what we're going to do. And we're just asking God to touch our lives and give us a miracle. We'll beat John 21 people today. Easter's never over. As long as you live it. Because we'll go with these two critical pieces today. First of all, that Jesus Christ loves you. And he's never giving up on you. And that God loves this world. And we're part of it. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.